Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast. Thanks for checking it out and make sure you subscribed. The Hammer and Nigel Show. All right, boys, let's go do this. Loud and proud. 93 WIBC. The um, Indianapolis Colts, Hammer, are uh, number one in the division. All right. <laughs> Woo! They, uh... They ended the game yesterday against uh, the Houston Texans in a tie, 2020. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I can remember the last time the Colts ended in a tie, if ever. Can you? I don't know. No, it's I, I, been a long time. And that tells you how bad this division is. <laughs> Nobody has a win, and two of the teams played each other, for God's sake. <laughs> Let's go to the drivehubord.com hotline and bring on Charlie Clifford Charlie. from Wish TV 8 Sports. Charlie you were there yesterday. You watched it just like we did. What were your thoughts on that? I don't even know what it was yesterday. I, I it was didn't a have bad a, game. That's what it was. I didn't enjoy watching any of it, Charlie. Maybe you have a different opinion. Uh, well, I'm not paid to enjoy watching the game either way, but I get it. Okay, and wasn't that? Totally- oh, let me interrupt you though. But I, I was exciting at the end, Hammer. You were kind of excited i mean it's an exciting game towards the end no you don't think you know you weren't on the edge of your seat did you get the text messages that i sent right after they (laughs) scored does anybody have faith in the defense right 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 right, right. okay true 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 so it it was as bizarre as you could have scripted matt ryan's debut i mean he throws for what 360 Meanwhile, cracking, also becoming the second fastest quarterback to 60,000 passing yards, only behind Drew Brees. I mean, that's how good this guy's been for 15 years. It's weird. You know, he's not included in those conversations. Even really the ones I thought Rivers was kind of looped into when he was here, you'd look at the list and go, oh, yeah. Like, I feel like Rivers gets a little bit of that pub being on the – I feel like Ryan's even a little further removed from that. I'm, I don't know if it's because he plays in the NFC and we're just so AFC-focused over here. It's kind of weird. And, Charlie, the reason I said I did not enjoy watching the game yeah. was because, as a fan, all of the issues that we had talked about in the offseason came back to smack us in the face <laughs> in game number one. As a fan, we had questions about the left tackle position. Well, they had to bench a guy halfway through the game. We had questions about whether Rodrigo was the guy. Kicked two out of bounds, shanked the game winner. Uh, the receiving core, anybody not named Michael Pittman, left a lot to be desired. That's why for me, and not even to mention the bizarre play calling inside the five at times, that's why for me, Charlie, it was a tough watch yesterday, and I don't think I'm the only one that feels this way. No, all of Colts Nation feels that way. So you're not out of bounds. Totally fair on the wide receiver assessment. That's still the major unanswered question from a playmaking standpoint. You know inside the AFC, at some point you're going to need to score a ton of points. And that is a major question because the inexperienced wide receivers, with the exception of Mike Strawn, did not look good yesterday. Uh, The the call at the two-yard line on fourth and goal, Everyone agrees with that. I, you know, I, I just don't see philosophically how that makes any sense. Now, left tackle, let's clear that up. Matt Pryor was never really benched. They rotated Reinman in on a few situational things, but Pryor finished the game. He played the vast majority of the snaps out there, so I don't want to give the impression that, oh, gosh, they're already making a 
a knee-jerk reaction in a left tackle. I actually thought he held up okay. Um, and then the last note, which is the biggest note today, Frank Reich just spoke and said really what he didn't say was just as big as what he did say, that you know there was no outward vote of confidence on Blankenship. He basically said there's a meeting tonight with Chris Ballard, and that's going to be discussed. At a minimum, they'll be working out kickers this week. You just need to have a plan in case this goes sideways again in Jacksonville because then it will be an easy decision. Now, but, that's interesting, Charlie, because normally Frank Reich is this big bucket of positivity, and for right. him to not go out of his way to say, hey, Rodrigo's our guy or something like that, that kind of speaks some volumes. Now, look, it's still, and I agree with that, but it's still Monday afternoon, you're 24 hours removed from the game. You know, you don't want to make any decisions based off emotion. Let's face it, everyone on that team playing, flying over there, was expecting to win that game and probably do it with some style points, and that didn't happen. So are you going to really, you know, level the blow on the kicker who you mentioned, you know, maybe there are some concerns. I think realistically on the list of concern, you know, top 10, I don't know if Blankenship was in there if you would have asked the majority of Colts fans a weekend ago. I mean, this kicker competition this summer – it really wasn't sexy at all. Blankenship did fine. There was never any, oh, gosh, he's getting pushed for this job. I mean, it was a fairly clean preseason on his end, and it was a clean first half. He was making field goals down the middle, making extra points down the middle, kicking kickoffs you know, into the end zone for touchbacks. And then it was like, oh, shanked one, shanked another, pushed one. Yep. You know, it felt like, you know, we've all – teed it up on the golf course before it feels great and then when you hit one bad it's like oh gosh i can't even can't even be on the property it felt like that sort of a situation at the worst possible time well take take me through the special team situation right now this is rigo sanchez injured he's injured he's he's out he was the punter right yes and so the punting duties along with the place kicking duties both placed on uh rodrigo blankenship correct he is doing the place kicking for, from a kickoff standpoint. They obviously, you know, brought in a new punter. Oh, they brought in a new punter. Okay. Right, right. Who had, you know, we were all joking midway through the third quarter when things looked the That's most right. bleak yesterday. He booms one seventy yards down to the one yard. That was awesome. That guy gets that guy gets the game ball. I guess my point is: is there too? Was there too much on Rodrigo's plate? Like well, that's a fair that's a fair question because. You know, he's a very analytical thinker. He's very regimented. Uh, He's not one of these guys who just walks out there, you know, kind of like John Daly in that first pitch last week, right? You saw that viral video. He just (laughs) stepped on the mound, looked at home, and threw it. He's the opposite of that. Everything is very measured, and this is a break in the routine. And it came, you know, late in camp. It's not like he did this all summer, but at the end of the day, you're a specialist. He set national records in high school as a kicker. I mean, if you go to his Georgia bio, there is like there is a, a declaration of Rodrigo Blankenship's achievements just as a youth. I mean, this guy was a national prodigy almost. This has been, you know, his baby forever. He's been able to kick the ball straight and far for, you know, his entire life and 
I think, you know, with most things, when you get to this level, with this talent, it's mental. Right, and, and, um, and I get that. And you know what? Ryan Leaf has a great backstory, too. But when you get into the league, this is your job. This is what you're getting a paycheck for. And I don't want to hear that, oh, he's got yeah. a lot on his plate. What, is he playing Legos all day? You're the kicker. Your job is to go in there. You don't even practice like a real football player. Your job at practice is to kick. My point, my point, Hammer, is like, I okay, for perfect example, I always thought it was so ridiculous that when Tony Romo played for the Cowboys, he also came out with the field goal unit. And held the ball. The quarterback, yeah. I always thought that was ridiculous. And then there was the famous fumble against, I, I believe it was Seattle, I yeah, think. Yeah. Right? Uh, and yeah. I just thought, you can't have somebody else go out there and do that? So that was my only my only question was, and I well, get, my, I totally get hammered, you know. My, go ahead. My thought here is we're, 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 we're talking, it's recency bias, right? We all remember what happens at the end of the game. There were lapses from all units for the first three quarters. They left so many points on the field. They should have never came down to that. It did, and that's what we're going to have to live through for this week for Rodrigo Blankenship. But, um, you know, this is <laughs> he is not the reason they tied the game. I know right. it ultimately goes down. He's not the reason they, they won it either, though. <laughs> I can promise you that. <laughs> You're right. And it is, it's going to be a story, and it's going to be a decision. Um, but, you know, it, again, it is just sleepwalking through the first half after how last season ended with all the additions. You know, the Texans were the aggressors, and that was that was a surprise, at least from a defensive standpoint in the first half. I mean, you know, Shaq Leonard, as great as he is, his best attribute, I think, is – giving everyone on that unit confidence that, hey, he's out here, we can ball when Shaq's out here. We're all going to fly around and make plays. I didn't see a lot of that attitude or intensity, you know, until the backs were against the wall. And, and you know, they credit everybody at that point. They, they played perfect football the last 11 minutes, but everybody's getting paid here. And usually that's not enough time to come back and win a game, and it wasn't yesterday. Charlie Clifford, Wish TV, 8 Sports. Charlie, last thing before we let you go. Uh, that game, it's now over. It's full speed ahead. Colts at Jacksonville. Another <laughs> divisional road game back-to-back with what looks to be a much-improved Trevor Lawrence. I'm with you. I mean, I kind of have them as my sleeper, not to the extent of what the Bengals did last year because I think that was a bit of an anomaly going for as bad they were to a Super Bowl. But I thought, hey, if one team's going to steal a bunch of games, in a, let's face it, in a bad division, I like year two of Trevor Lawrence with a head coach who knows what he's doing at the NFL level. And, you know, they've continued they another number one pick. I mean, they've stacked so many top ten picks. At some point, you're going to run into talent. This is going to be a backyard brawl. I mean, it, this means – Everything in terms of what you talked about, what everyone talked about all summer, you know, getting out to a good start, a 1-0-1 start is not the end of the world. But 0-2 with Pat Mahomes coming here for a home opener, I don't know, guys. I mean, that. <laughs> how many times can you pull 1-4, 1-5 out of your hat? Um, you know, this is, this is a mega game. I mean, this is a mega game Sunday. 
Charlie Clifford, Wish TV 8. Charlie, great job down in Houston. I was watching the coverage. You had a cut in in our program, All Indiana Bets on Sunday. Awesome job, my friend. Thank you. Hey, always a pleasure coming on, guys. Have a great year and hope to talk again soon. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Be sure to catch us every weekday, 3 to 7 on 93 WIBC, or subscribe and get it right to your phone.